you switch it up there. I know. Mom to be. Well, right. I'm going to talk about that because it, that had an impact on me buying a car this time around. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome to Frugalicious. I'm Jessica, an outdoorsy teacher and proud owner of my SUV, Subi. And I'm here with my sister, Beth. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Beth. I am a mom-to-be and used car enthusiast. <laughs> and in this podcast, we'll share with you some frugal and fabulous tips, tricks, and life hacks today all to do with vehicles. Don't chase the money. Nope. The money chase you. That's right. Cause you're the boss now. Tell the daughters what to do. It's frugalicious. Yeah, it's a movement. We'll find the discounts. Ha. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we can do this. Okay. Before we jump into this episode, we just wanted to uh, add a quick note that this episode was pre-recorded. We have lots of great thoughts in it, but it was recorded before we had a big, I had a big change in my life, and uh, that is that I had a baby. So in the episode, you're going to hear me talking about planning to have a baby, and now we're in the future, and I already had the baby, but we already recorded that part. So (laughs) if you're feeling confused about the timeline, um, that's what happened. So yeah, big life update, Jess. Yes. I had a baby um, yes. a few months ago, and um, it's been really life changing, as one can imagine. And it's been really weird having a baby in a pandemic. And yeah, which is the she second was, update? Yes, we'll you in a minute. Keep going. Yes. So she was also early. So I went into labor at thirty-three weeks. I was in the hospital for a week before she was born. And then we had to stay for her to be in the NICU. So it was really, um, I was not planning for it to happen that soon. So that was also extra dramatic and extra surprising. But fortunately, we had already- Go bigger, go home, right, Beth? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. And we were in the hospital, like, as things were starting to, like, change with COVID. And, like, it was just, everything was changing. It was crazy. Um, Anyways, so- I, we're going to do a future episode where we're going to talk about saving money with babies. So I can tell you about all the fun purchases and things that, uh, ways that we're saving money, but, um, that is the update. So in our previously recorded episodes, you might hear me talking about having a baby and it already happened. So hooray. Yeah. And then the other thing, like we said, a lot of our episodes have been pre-recorded and just take a little more time to get out and be published. And in that time, COVID has happened, has hit the world, yeah. this um, global pandemic. And yeah. so we w- kind of wanted to just mention that so that you knew why we weren't talking about it before and also make note of how it has affected our finances because I've definitely noticed changes yeah. in the way I spend money and how, I don't know, it's just been crazy. Totally. Yeah. So what are some of the ways you've noticed, Beth? Okay. So for us, we normally buy our food, like we buy some of it at like a local grocery store, but then we buy most of it in the public market. So in Guatemala, it's really common for people to go to the market, you buy your produce and we have like our vegetable lady that we, you know, know by name and it's really great. But because of COVID, we have uh, stopped going to the market because there's just more people, Mm. the produce isn't as regulated. And so we just uh, wanted to be safe. So 
um, we go grocery shopping now at this like American style grocery store, which means that food is more expensive. So yeah. produce, you know, you're paying, depending on what it is, you'd be paying double that you would pay in the market, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, a little bit more uh, processed and it's also just a little bit safer. There's less people who shop there. And so for us, that's been a luxury that we're able to afford. So we've been spending much more money on food. And the other thing to be honest is that because we've been home so much, we have just been making more kind of like fancy food or like indulgent food. So Fred, Fred and I have been talking about how like my kind of philosophy. So I've been on mat leave this whole time too. Right. So I've been home with a baby in a pandemic it's just a lot of time at home. And so my philosophy has just been like, why not? Like, why not eat a cookie at nine in the morning? Why not watch two movies in one day? Why not stay in my pajamas all day? I've basically been in leggings for like the past three months. Like, why Why not? Why not do those things if I'm just at home? So for example, Fred's been making sourdough bread, which he started before the pandemic. I know a lot of people picked up sourdough during the pandemic, but he was doing it before. And Jessica was his secret, not secret Santa, but our gift exchange that we do with our family. Jessica got him and she gave him all this like fun stuff for like doing his sourdough, all the tools and the fancy sticks that you stir it with. Yeah. The whisk thing. The Danish whisk. Yeah. And like the That I now hear about like kind of frequently. Yeah. I didn't know when I bought it, it was like such a good fancy tool, but totally it's the way to go. Yeah. So with the sourdough bread, like we've been buying a ton of flour and butter and butter is really expensive here. And I've been baking a lot. And so we've just been spending more money, just more money. We eat dessert every night where before we maybe didn't like, it's just, this is just the season we're in. So we've been spending more money on food and then, um, less money just on other normal spending, like vehicles, like eating out Right. things that we would do more. We don't eat out a lot, but we have like a little date fund and we yeah. obviously haven't been on a lot of dates except for when we pick up a little Caesars and right. then watch a movie at our house. That has been our date. Um, and then the last thing that we've been, has changed is we've been spending more money on entertainment. So for example, we had Netflix before, like who doesn't have Netflix, but we also subscribe to Amazon prime because we were like, oh, there's more things that we want to watch on there. So something that we wouldn't normally have two subscriptions to like a video thing like now we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been renting movies. Like if there's a movie that we really want to watch or like Fred had a, a TV show that he really wanted to watch and we're like, why not just rent it? Like mm-hmm. even though it's like $5 and we could find another movie that's like already included in our Netflix subscription or whatever. We've just been, why not? <laughs> why not spend $5 on a movie that you really right. want to watch? And then you're not going out either. Like you're not going to the movies. So totally like, why not? Exactly. Um, so that's not, it doesn't feel very frugalicious when I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm spending $5 on this like hour and a half movie, but it's like, it is what it is. And we're all just trying to make it through the pandemic with our mental health intact. So if we want to do that, then we have been. And then if we have things that we want to purchase, we've been spending a bit more money for delivery. So we don't have to go out. So if we don't have Amazon here, we don't have a postal service in Guatemala, but if we do order something from a store or something, sometimes they do deliver. So there's some baby things that I've been buying that it's like, Oh, there's an extra delivery charge of like $5. And we're like, great. That means we don't have to go out. It just shows up at our door. And that's you know, a bit safer. So not normally something we do normally we drive to go get it because everything's pretty close. So 
that has been my budget update. What about you, Jess? How has your life changed financially with COVID? Well, what I've noticed, what I noticed a lot at the beginning was I, so I am big on the cash envelope system. It helps me just really easily know how much money I'm going to spend and not go over. And it's nice because I'm at the store and I don't have to think about anything or really do any calculations minus, you know, is this number less than the number of dollars I have in my wallet? That's it. But with the pandemic and trying to stay home more and wanting to do that, there's just more online shopping going on, which for me has been a lot harder yeah. to stay within like the limits of my budget or even to do that budget planning. And this is crazy. Okay. I went to the store the other day, went to the self-checkout lines and I was like, I had looked before, okay, how much cash do I have in my envelope? I'll use this. And I get up there to pay and there's a big sign that's like, no due cash. to the national chain shortage, we're not accepting cash, only card. I didn't know about the national chain shortage, but yeah, did you know about this? I knew that people weren't paying with cash as much anymore and that that was affecting cash flow a little bit, but I didn't know that it was like a huge well, thing. Well, apparently then, it is. I don't know. Wow. So then I just paid with the card, which... It's fine. Like I can do that, but it sort of has thrown off my little system. Yeah. So that's been, that's been an interesting change in trying to figure out, okay, how do I still be diligent about my budget, but not use the cash envelope system so much just because it's not, I can't sometimes. So that's been an interesting, I don't know. I don't have it figured out, but that's where I am. And then another thing I noticed, especially at the beginning is since I had more time at home, because I was working from home, I had just more time to think, like really think through all the things I had wanted to buy before, like little changes I was thinking of making, or I don't know, like I'd been wanting a new bedspread cover. Mine was getting pretty old and raggedy and I just needed a new one. So all the things that I'd been thinking of, but hadn't actually like taken the time and energy to buy, all of a sudden I had the time and energy. And so it was just more purchases at once. Mm. which threw off the budget a little bit. So it's things totally. like that. And then, you know, your, how you were saying like your why not philosophy. <laughs> um, Mostly it's healthy until you just start doing like whatever you want. Like we yeah, still have to have discipline. But, but I yeah. found myself like, you're like, okay, well, this is hard time. I need to take care of my mental health. I'm going to buy myself a treat. I'm going to like, not even totally. just food treats, but just, well, I want this thing to do. What kind so, of treat? What does that look like for you? Well, you an example. let's think. That's a good question. I don't have a good example, but like a food thinking, thing or like, like sometimes it's food things. Sometimes it's like, I just feel a little less like sometimes when I'm shopping, you'll be like, no, I don't really need that. I'm going to stick with the budget. But since mm-hmm. I'm not using cash, I, and then I see something I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm going to need some of that. Yep. Throw <laughs> that in. Yeah. So it's a little bit like that or with things like, like, you know, y'all know I love my garden. It'd be things like that. Like, oh, I'm going to buy these extra little things for my garden because this is not a treat to anybody else. P.S. But (laughs) so here's an example. I got myself (laughs) like a, so neem oil is a good organic pesticide and you buy it concentrated and then. And you know those like sprayers that people use 
So it's like a pressure. You have to pump it up, get the pressure real good, and then you can spray your plants, spray the little pesticide, the organic pesticide on it. So that was one of my treats. Like I bought myself pesticide, pesticide sprayer. Yeah. And Perfect. fish fertilizer. So that's what I mean. Like these are my treats. It's weird, but it's but like a thing that you wouldn't normally do that you're just yeah, like my that, why not philosophy. Yeah. Just, or that maybe I wouldn't do all at once. Like maybe I wouldn't have bought all the things, but I would have sort of spaced it out. But it's like, I'm at home. I want my garden to be beautiful. I'm getting totally. all the things. And then the, it was interesting hearing you talk about like the groceries and spending more money on food. Yeah. And I didn't, that didn't affect me in that same way, but where I did start spending differently. And this one, I think sort of uh, breaks even because I'm not going out. Like I budget money each month for like going out to eat or going to a fun event with friends or, you know, just fun money. Well, there's like not places to go so much. Yeah. So I started spending that money on getting takeout, which I don't, I don't ever do takeout. Yeah, you don't do takeout. I don't go out to eat all that often, but I made it a goal to like once a week get takeout from a small local business Hmm. because I wanted to support the businesses during this time because, you know, they've been hit so hard. Totally. So that was just a shift in how I spent my money. And I might be spending a little bit more there, but that one... I don't know. Sometimes when I spend the extra money on treats on myself, I'm like, "Mm, was that worth it? Maybe not. But this and like supporting these businesses, that definitely feels worth it. Like I don't mind spending the money on that. Yeah. Yeah. Just definite shifts. So I think we wanted to share that just to say like, I'm sure you guys have noticed changes in your spending and it's kind of wonky and weird and we're all off of our rhythm and our routine and our game. Yeah. And we're all kind of trying to refine the balance in that. So you're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. Things yeah. change in the budget when you're in a pandemic. So. That's right. That's right. So we won't be talking super directly about COVID all the time, but it might come up here and there in episodes in the future. So yeah. we just wanted to address the state of the world. Totally. Yeah. And without right. further ado, here's the previously recorded episode. Everything to do with vehicles. Enjoy. (laughs) Vehicles, important part of our lives. And so Jess and I have an array of vehicle experience, (laughs) different experiences. And so we're just going to share a little bit about what we've learned through our years of owning cars and other vehicles. Why don't you give us a brief walkthrough of your vehicle History journey. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So in university, no car, just borrowed. Married Fred, and he already had a car, but it had a car payment on it. So mm-hmm. we paid a car payment, and then about like how many years in? Like four years into our marriage or something, we bought a second car, and mm-hmm. that was good. We went to different places for work, so we did that, and then we moved to Guatemala and sold both of our cars. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have either of those anymore. And we right. bought a scooter. And for the past three years, we have been using the scooter, mm-hmm. which has been great. And then I shared in the inflation episode that we were looking for a car because we're having a baby soon. And I thought, I don't really want to strap the baby to my back on the back no. of the moto. I could, it would work, but it wouldn't be super safe. So right. 
anyways, we recently just bought a car like a couple weeks ago. So uh, now we have another used car and we kept the scooter because we thought that it would be worth having it just because of where we live and going into town. Sometimes like if Fred just goes and buys groceries or something, it's actually a lot easier to park the scooter than it is to park a vehicle. And so um, we kept it because we already owned it and uh, we just decided to keep it around just in Mm -hmm. case. So that's my brief vehicle history. Yeah, mine's, mine's pretty brief too. I bought my first car after college and so that was when I was like leaving the dorms and I needed a car because I wasn't going to be living on campus anymore and I did have a car payment for that one. My mom had a co-sign for me so because that was my first big like (laughs) grown-up purchase Mm -hmm. and I kept that car for uh, maybe 11 or 12 years and I had bought it used. Yeah, I had Mm -hmm. it a really long time and I knew... I was going to start needing a new car soon. So when that one, so I kind of had my eye on my car, just thinking like, okay, I want to sell it when it's at its sweet spot of still being a decent car that I could sell, but before it starts needing a bunch of repairs. So that day came and then I sold that car and I purchased my new car. So I'm actually only on my second car. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I plan on keeping this one for as long as I can. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's good. Good to share vehicle history. And we recognize that we are people with different experiences. So there might Mm -hmm. be, your family might be bigger. You might have more cars. You might have bought more cars in your life. This is not a judgment session. This is just our experience (laughs) of what we have had. Yeah. So everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to share the journey just because I feel like that kind of informs what we've learned and the choices we made, like like I just made different choices on my second vehicle than on my first vehicle, but mm-hmm. I don't regret my first vehicle because mm-hmm. the choices I made were made sense for where I was at and also for what I knew. Like I couldn't have known the things mm. for my second vehicle until after having my first vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've also had that experience, like learned a lot through that first vehicle and some of the mm-hmm. mistakes that we made. Mm-hmm. And also just learned a lot about like what you need in a car. And after taking it to the mechanics so many times, I learned about all the different parts in a car. Cause I'm like, how can something else be broken? <laughs> and being like, Oh, I didn't know that, that was something that could break. Like, yeah. I remember when I learned about brake pads and I was like, this sounds made up. Like this doesn't sound like a real thing. <laughs> like it's real. Being like, it's real. It's important. I don't understand, but sure. <laughs> let's replace it. I get it now. But anyways, <laughs> lots of things that I've learned about. Um, so yeah, we're just going to jump into a couple of our tips. We'll share a few of our stories and then we have some mm-hmm. good and want loss to share with you. Yeah. So um, the first tip that I had was just buy what you need. So a lot of people, they want like a really big car or a really fancy car or whatever, but just buying what you need and what works for you, thinking about the people in your family, mm-hmm. thinking about how far you have to travel, mm-hmm. um, thinking about what you can afford. Mm-hmm. So just buying buying what you need, not buying two cars if you actually don't need one. For a while, like Fred, we talked about this in an early episode, mm-hmm. he would bike to work because mm-hmm. we lived like seven minutes away from where he worked. And so we didn't need a second car, but a lot of people would be like, well, you have to have a second car because you're going to like two different jobs. But we found a way to make it work or we carpooled mm-hmm. for a while with people who were going in a similar direction. Mm-hmm. And so just buying what you need for amount of vehicles and type mm-hmm. of vehicles. And for what you know you're going to use it for. Like that's one of the yes. differences 
between my first car and my second car that my second car, I made sure to get all wheel drive because I know myself and I know the places I'm going to want to go and what I'm using it for. And that's mm-hmm. come in handy more times than I can count. But by yes. my first vehicle, I didn't, I no. didn't know that. I didn't know that that was something I was going to be wanting to use my vehicle for regularly. So I think that's something to take into account too. Like mm-hmm. that does fall more into wants than needs. That's not a necessity category, but when you're looking at your budget, you don't have to get the most bare bones of everything. Like if you can afford a little bit more and you know, it's a feature that's really going to work well for you and you're going to use a lot, do it. If it's something that just sounds fancy and fun, but you really know that you're not going to use it that much. Maybe that's not the thing to spend extra money on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Jess, you want to walk us through our next tip? Yeah. Um, just don't buy brand new cars. (laughs) <laughs> they just go down, they go down in value right away. What's the thing that like, as soon as you drive off the lot, it like drops thousands like of dollars. In bo- yeah. This is Dave Ramsey's big thing. He always talks about this. He loves talking yeah, about it's, not buying new cars. It's, yeah. And it really is. I mean, when you're car shopping, you see it too. You just see the big difference between brand, brand new. Yeah. And one that's just a couple years old. I think they say the sweet spot is like two to four years old. Right. Yeah. Um, Dave Ramsey, he always says, he's like, you know why Chevy's <laughs> slogan is like a rock? Cause it's going down in value like a rock. <laughs> like it's just like stinking yeah. your budget. Yeah. So I always remember that like a yeah. rock. Yeah. So buying new usually for the most part is not a good yeah. way to go. I mean, you can, if you want to, it's your life. You can buy a new car if right. you want to, but right. you're going to pay a lot more for it. I just think, yeah, you're going to pay a lot more. I think that that, it just has to be a value to you to have, like, what do I mean? Like a personal value. Yeah. It's personally super important to you to have a brand spanking new car and that's what you want to spend your money on, then go for it. But I think I just want people to realize like, it's not the best value. It's way better to buy one that's a couple years old. Like phones, (laughs) like when they come out with a new model (laughs) of a phone and you buy the new one right away. And you wait like six months until they come out with a new one. And you're like, wow, that one went way down in value. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I remember my, not this new phone, but the last new phone I got, I bought it. And at the time, I think it was like the most updated of whatever it was. And I didn't get it for that reason. I got it for other reasons and it still fit within my price range. But literally like one or two weeks after I got it, the next yep. version up came up. They were yep. sending me so many emails like upgrade now. And I'm like, you guys, I just, upgraded. I just got this two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go upgrade my phone. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Totally. So just waiting a little bit yeah. or wait, getting a lower, older model. Yeah. Um, our next tip is don't buy a car with a car payment. Yeah. <laughs> so Jessica and I both had this experience. Sometimes people feel like that's what they need to do in their life. And often, like if you buy a car at a dealership, I learned this from mom and dad, actually, often they make you have a car payment. They're like, if you try to buy it outright, they're like, you can't. And I'm mm. like, that seems crazy. Like they really, that's where they make most of their money, guys. If you're wondering why the dealerships are so fancy, they're making it off of the interest that they mm. charge you for your car payment. So um, that's like the biggest earner in their department is the interest department. Yeah. So you definitely just like in my experience and having had a car payment mm-hmm. and not having had a car payment, it's so yeah. much better without one and just saving up and paying it with cash. It's a better yeah. feeling. And oh, also yeah. then just owning your car is nice because then like if you want to sell it, 
or just like knowing that you own it outright. It just feels, I just think it feels a lot better and it's way better for your budget as well. Yeah. It feels better. And I would say if you can do it, do it. But like my first car, I didn't, I did have a car payment. But at the time, honestly, that's what I needed to do because anything that I would have been able to buy outright would have been like a crap, a junker car and not safe and not reliable. Right. So I don't regret that, but I will say that like after that with my next car, I started when I saw my car was getting close to probably needing to be sold and getting a new one. I started just saving up money towards a new car so that when the time came to buy it, I could buy it outright. And I'm glad that I got on that trajectory because now I can do that again with the next car and the next car. So I would say Mm -hmm. just don't do a payment if you don't have to. If you're at a place where you can save up to get it, then do that. Sometimes you really do need a car and a payment's going to be the only way to get the car. But you also can pay off the payment sooner. Yes. That's something to keep in mind that maybe you need to start out with a payment but you can pay double or, you know, you're going to be getting like a tax refund and you can put a big chunk down on it right? and pay it off quicker. That's another yeah. good way to do that. No, that's a good tip for sure. All right. Next okay. tip. Yeah. Next tip is buy from a friend or family member. A lot of times you can get a better deal because you're not going through a middleman. Yeah. You also know the history of the car, which is really good. And side note, if you buy from family, at least in California, I learned this because I bought my more recent vehicle from my grandparents. If you buy from family, it is tax exempt. So So I saved a lot. It was totally an unexpected surprise. Actually, we have my dad to thank for that one because my dad just talks. Yeah, he just talks (laughs) to strangers and everybody. And so we're you know, going around, do you know, signing all the paper, getting all the things we need. And he mentioned like, yep, she's going to write her grandma the check. And the lady's like, oh, you're selling to family? Hold on. And she goes and gets another form and we fill it out and it was tax exempt. So yeah. How much did you save? Do you remember? Um, I do not remember. It was like several hundred though, right? Like it was a big, it was a good, it was a lot I don't know, but yes, hundreds. Yeah. I saved hundreds of dollars. I don't, That's awesome. I don't remember the exact amount. I love what it. What else, Beth? Um, well, side note, we also just bought our car from a friend. And um, mm-hmm. the thing that I liked about doing that was I, it was a person that we trusted. Mm-hmm. So they took really good care of the car. Like they're really mm-hmm. responsible people. So the car, our car is a bit older. So, um, you know, just because we're really honest on the podcast, we bought a Toyota RAV4. Mm-hmm. Um, Toyotas are really great cars. The, they last a really long time. Fred had his grandma's 1984 Toyota Camry until well into the 2000s, and it was still <laughs> running. So, yeah. anyways, what Toyotas was that are car's great. name? That car had a name. Bessie. That's right. Okay. Yeah. May she rest in peace. She got totaled <laughs> in a car accident, but in 2009, she was still running from 1984. Wow. So. Anyways, um, we bought from our friends. So we have a a RAV4, but it's a 2000. So it's old, Mm -hmm. but it still is very, it runs really well. And the person who sold it to us, they're like, oh, because you're a friend, like we'll give you a good deal on it. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was really great. And we really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. So yes. Um, Okay. This is my favorite tip. So um, 
find a mechanic that you trust. <laughs> Don't go to the dealership. So Fred and I early in our marriage, because his grandma had helped him buy the car. She was really into the dealership. She's like, anytime you need anything, you just go to the dealership. We go to the dealership and it was always like hundreds of dollars. And we were like, yeah. we cannot afford this. And then finally we found a mechanic, Peter, shout out to Peter. <laughs> he was like a member of the family. Like I called him so much because just always like if, anytime I needed anything, anytime I needed advice, anytime something was kind of funky with the car, mm-hmm. I could like send him a text or be like, here's a video of the sound that it's making. Like, can you tell me what's wrong with it? And just like, he always explained things to me because as a woman going to a mechanic, especially mm-hmm. like if you're not there with a man, I, I don't want to stereotype anyone, but like, I think that people take advantage of that. Like they assume that women don't know anything about cars. And so if you, especially if you're a woman who's the person, like I was the one who took it mostly to the mechanic because it was in the town that I worked in. Mm -hmm. But um, I just always felt like he was telling me the truth. He'd show me like if he took out a part, he'd be like, this is what the old one looked like. This is what the new one looks like. And he'd show me and make sure that he was educating me. And I really felt like anytime he told me something, even if I didn't fully understand it, I trusted him. And so Mm -hmm. I never felt like I was being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So finding someone that you trust who is a mechanic um, or like Fred's brother is quite handy. And so sometimes he would help us fix things. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful too. So doing, cause you know, the, the buying the car is just the initial cost. Like there's, we all know that cars are just like money pits. Like you just keep throwing money into them. (laughs) And so we spend so much money on our cars in Canada, but we needed to because we needed to keep them running. And so just being able to know that those upkeep that you're doing, that you're paying the price that you should be paying for them. Mm -hmm. So that's like the most important car maintenance tip that I have for you is find someone you trust, ask Mm -hmm. around, get some recommendations Mm -hmm. from friends. Yeah. Another tip is to only repair what's necessary. Yeah. I will say this is, this is really good when you know you're going to keep your car for a while. Like if you know you're going to keep it and use it for like 10 years, because then at that point when you're selling it, like when a car's that old, no one expects everything to be working perfectly. Yeah. But one interesting thing that happened here where I live is when was it? I don't remember, but there was this crazy hailstorm, apocalyptic style. <laughs> I am not exaggerating. Hail the crazy. size of golf balls. Like people were posting pictures. I mean, I sent pictures to my family, but like people were posting pictures like next to rulers and they like putting literal golf balls next to it. Like these were huge hail. So you can imagine there was a lot of hail damage across um, cars <laughs> in our town. And the, so after that happened, a bunch of uh, hail repair shops started popping up. But one friend had an unfortunate experience of they were just like, oh, well, let's just go in and see. And because of, I guess, the age of their car, you know, whatever, because of all the other details of their car, the hail damage actually totaled their car. Mm. And once a car has been declared totaled, you can't can't sell it. it. Yeah. Like it just made all sorts of problems for them, but it was completely cosmetic. Because total just means the repairs more than the value of the car. Right. It doesn't mean that the car doesn't still work. Of course, yeah. That shocked me, but also made me really grateful that I didn't go in to get my hail damage repaired because I thought about it, but then I was like, I don't want to pay for it. And I don't, it's, it didn't hurt. It's not hurting a single thing. I've just got a couple little, little dimples on my car. Just tells the story of its life is all. 
Yeah. And I mean, there are things in cars that like are, you think they're cosmetic, but they're actually like a safety thing. So if you get a crack in the windshield, like it can get bigger. And if you get oh, an accident, yeah. that, like things like that, you want to I fix. learned that one the hard way. Fix yeah. those fast, you guys. The cracks yeah, they, in the windshield. Oh, man. Because once they get past a certain they uh, can't repair them. length, you have to replace yeah. the whole windshield. Learn uh, that been, one the hard way. Been there. Have mm-hmm. definitely replaced play some windshields in my day yeah um yeah so that that's a thing but for example like let's say you live in a really like warm place and you're like oh the heater in my car doesn't work but you don't actually ever use the heater like don't get it repaired like it's mm-hmm. fine so just yeah repairing what you need right i remember in high school um driving the minivan yep and the air conditioner was broken yep so and this is New Mexico, though. Yeah, so we grew up in the warm. desert, guys. Yeah. Super warm. But I remember driving all the windows down. And then yeah. also the van had, like, a vent under the steering wheel that you could open. Yeah. So I would, like, open that up, and it would just be, like, blowing on me and all yeah. the – Yeah. That was a – Oh, yeah. That was a crazy ride. <laughs> we had that minivan for a long time. Yeah, we did. It was, it was part of the family. It was. A blue minivan. Yeah. It never had a name, though, eh? Just the blue minivan. Yeah. I guess we never really named our vehicles. No. Anyways, yeah. So air conditioner, if it's a really hot place, I might fix that. But, you know, mom and dad didn't. <laughs> it was did. super frigalicious. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to end with a few notes. Uh, just kind of some bonus tips mm-hmm. or experiences. And the first one is just like when you're buying a used vehicle, you do save money because obviously it's used. But you just have to keep in mind some of the upfront costs. So you're going to have to have probably a bit more cash saved up when you're doing that. Because if you buy like a new, new, new car, you're not going to have to do any repairs on it. But if you buy a used car, you might be like, oh, we're going to sell it to you, but like the air conditioning's broken or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there might be certain things like the car that we bought, actually speaking of which the air conditioner is broken and we do need to fix it. <laughs> um, and that was just something that we knew that like, we're like, okay, we got the car for a bit cheaper, but mm-hmm. the money that we save, we're going to use that to repair it. Mm-hmm. Um, taxes, like we mentioned, if you have a, if you're buying mm-hmm. a car from someone, you'd have to pay the tax on it. And then, um, yeah, if your if your insurance changes at all, mm-hmm. because it's a different kind class of vehicle or whatever. So just keep in mind those kind of upfront costs when yeah. you're buying a used vehicle. Yeah. I think it's kind of similar to like when people buy a home, just yeah. like the cost yes. is not just buying the home, but yeah. then there's all the like personal touches you're going to put in there, or there's the, you wanted to paint the walls or you wanted to update this, or this needs to be repaired or yeah. the pest control guys needed to come. Like, yeah. What was your phrase from the inflation one? Oh. Estimate high. Oh yeah. Budget high. Budget high. There we go. Yeah. Budget high. Just always just over assume and under, under budget your income and then you'll always be pleasantly surprised. Right. Yeah. That's good. Um, And then just two last notes is just like having a car repair fund. Not Mm -hmm. a bad idea. If you have a car that uh, like we had where we did a lot of repairs on it, just having some money always tucked away. Even if you put a hundred dollars a month or something in a savings account that way, if you do have a big fix. You can mm-hmm. have that car repair fund ready. And then mm-hmm. if there's any simple fixes that you could do yourself for a while, Fred uh, changed our oil. Mm-hmm. So he learned how to change the oil and his brother taught him and he would change our oil and that saved a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, if you, for example, buy like your own light bulbs and change the bulbs yourself, mm-hmm. like that can save money. 
Um, like if you buy windshield wipers, you put them in yourself, filters right. in the car. So certain things like that, you could buy a part like on Amazon instead mm-hmm. of like at a car repair shop where they're going to kind of factor in the cost of the labor. Um, those kinds of things can save you just a bit of money. It's not going to save a ton of money. If you can do those bigger fixes, like Fred's brother so like has rebuilt cars. Like he mm-hmm. could do a lot of that work himself. He right. saves a lot of money not going to the mechanic. We didn't have quite that level, so we just did the simple fixes ourselves. Okay, so let's uh, let's share some kachings and wah-wahs. I love it. Um, I'll start with a wah-wah. This is, I was actually having a hard time thinking of a wah-wah, but this is the one I feel like I'd like to get better at. And that (laughs) is, so I typically go to Jiffy Lube to get my oil change, and they never pressure, but they're always bringing up like, hey, according to your car manufacturer, like you might be due for this. Or, hey, do you mm. want to change your air filter? Or, hey, your transmission might need to be flushed or whatever it is. And I think I need to do a better job of keeping records of when those mm-hmm. things happen because yeah. I just kind of forget. And then I don't want to not do something that my vehicle needs to keep it in good repair. Yes. But I also don't want to overdo something and do it too much. So I definitely think that there have been a couple times that I've like gotten those services done that I realized later I probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So that's my wah wah. So I think part of that is just maybe knowing your car and finding a way to like keep track of when you've done what and what it actually needs. And having your mechanic tell you, like we had our mechanic, when we would get something replaced, I would always ask like, when's the next time we need to replace? So then we'd kind of keep notes about that. Like, oh, we got our tires changed at this. You know what I bet? I bet there's an app for that. There's probably an app for that. So yeah, yeah, that's my wah-wah. My ka-ching. So I am very proud of myself for buying my second car outright, but Mm. I'm really I, my ka-ching that I'm going to share is that I paid off my first car early. So I worked really hard to whenever I was able to put extra payments to do that. And this was, again, like just getting out of college, just starting a career. Mm-hmm. I didn't always have like tons of extra money. And there was, I even had a period where I was only able to work part-time instead of full-time because of job availability. And so I was able to pay my car off early despite all of that. Like I paid my car off when I was not working full time. Mm -hmm. And so I just am really proud of myself for that because I know I saved money on interest and it felt so good. It was such freedom to not have a car payment every month. And I just never want to go back to having a car payment. What about you, Becky? Okay. So yeah, let's start with the want-wahs, you know, bring it down before we bring you up. So, um, my want-wah is one time early in our marriage when we did not have a lot of money, the alternator in our car died, which I learned is the thing that charges the battery. I was like, (laughs) the battery's working. What's the problem? It's the alternator. I'm like, what's that? Ugh, there's so many parts in a car. Anyways. So they were like, no problem. We can help you. We got recommended to this guy who was like, I'll rebuild your alternate. Mm -hmm. So they like, I don't know, scrape it out or shined it up. Like who knows what they did. Anyways, they rebuilt the alternator and it worked for a while Mm -hmm. and then it died again. And then Mm -hmm. I looked back at that experience and thought, okay, I spent like, I don't know. I can't remember all the numbers, but it was like, 
it was half the price or something to rebuild the alternator than it would have been to buy a new one. But the mm-hmm. rebuilt alternator only lasted like a couple weeks or something. Like it didn't last oh. very long. And then it killed the battery. So we had to buy a new battery also. Oh no. So it was like, we tried to save money, but then in the end it wasn't actually the right move. But back then we just didn't, we didn't know. And we also didn't have a lot of money. So we were trying to do kind of the frugal mm-hmm. thing. And I think that that was a bad decision. So Maybe that's one of those things that if like you can do your own labor, it might be worth trying that fix first yeah. since it's not as guaranteed. I, know. I don't know. That's seems- tough though. That's a hard, like it's hard because there's certain things that it's just better to like rebuild it or buy it used or things like that. And then there's of other course. things that's like, no, you really should just need a new get one. a new one. Yeah. That was <sighs> a tricky one. So that's yeah. my tricky wah-wah, but definitely. And it was like, a moment where I was like, we cannot afford a new one. We had mm. to do that. And then it was cost more money in the end. My ka that I've talked a little bit about, but I'll explain it a little bit further is our scooter. So when we moved to Guatemala, I was like, we need a vehicle to get around, but we were kind of thinking about what our needs were. And we're like, actually, it's just the two of us. We don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. We live kind of like in a little village, but it's only about 15 minutes away from the nearest like big town. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people here have scooters. And so we bought a used scooter from someone. We paid, I think, like 875 Canadian mm-hmm. for it. And it's still going strong, our little uh, scooter. It is a very vibrant color of green. I like to call it snot <laughs> green. It's not the most beautiful scooter, but it works. Um, but the thing that was good for us, there was a few perks about having a scooter. So first of all, upfront, not very expensive. Second mm-hmm. of all, repairs, not very expensive. The mechanics mm-hmm. here, they come to your house and they pick up your scooter and they drive it to their workshop and then they bring it back to you. It's so oh, awesome. It's nice. so great. Luxury. So anyways, we have our mechanic and like often when he does a repair job, it's like $40, like $50, like just mm-hmm. very inexpensive to get it kind of repaired and shined mm-hmm. up and, you know, get those things fixed. Also gas was really inexpensive. Yeah. And so filling up the tanks, like literally four or $5 a week, like very inexpensive That's because it has awesome. a really small tank. Yeah. We don't drive very far. Um, we do have a unique situation where we have some vehicles available to us through our organization that we can borrow if we need to go somewhere further. Yeah. So for someone else, like maybe they need a car, but we're like, oh, we can borrow if we need, but the scooter 90% of the time is just fine. Um, and then the other thing that is kind of more of an emotional kitching uh, rather than a money one is that mm-hmm. if you are a family of two people and you have a scooter, you can't take anyone else with you. <laughs> and so it's kind of was awesome for the first three years that we're like, we can't take anyone else. And now yeah. we have a car and now people are like, Hey, can I get a ride? And it's like mm-hmm. usually not that far out of our way, but then sometimes that can turn into people kind of like giving rides, going out of their way, paying more money in gas and yeah. people are like bumming rides off of them. So anyways, that's an emotional. That's really change. funny. But for us, the scooter, it was such a good purchase. And then like we saved so much money for the past three years, not having had a vehicle. And now that we need one, uh, we have our vehicle and like, yeah, putting gas in, I'm like, it costs like $50 to fill up the tank instead of five. And it's like, obviously it lasts a lot longer and we can go a lot further, but, um, but yeah, it definitely like, it's just a bigger a bigger investment to have a car. Mm-hmm. So I know that in the United States and in Canada and stuff, having a scooter is not always as practical for us in our situation. Yeah. Most people here have scooters and it's a really, it's a really great way to get around. Yeah. It works really well for people. So for us, that yeah. was a really good decision. Awesome.
All right, well, this week's do it or don't is to take a moment to reflect on your vehicle situation. A few questions you can ask yourself is, maybe do you need a new vehicle? This is a good question. If you're sinking a lot of money into repairs, Mm -hmm. maybe you need to buy something a little more dependable. Or how can you save money with your current vehicle? Maybe you have a vehicle that you're actually like, I don't need this. We have two cars and we only need one. You could sell one. Or mm-hmm. if it's like, hey, I've been, you know, taking it to the car wash every week and I don't need to, <laughs> maybe yeah. that's a way that you can save it. Maybe you can pay your neighbor's kid to wash your car for you and save some money. <laughs> so anyways, the do it or don't is assess your vehicle yeah. situation and see if there's any ways that you can save money on your vehicles. Yeah. And then we want to hear from you. Maybe you came to like some fantastic epiphany. You could tell us that. You can email us at frugaliciouspod at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us at social media. Um, tell us if you have any kachings or want Yes. We want to hear about those. If there's pictures that go along with those, post those on social media using the hashtag that frugalicious life. Yeah, let us know your, your vehicle journey or maybe we forgot some really good tips or yeah. insights about vehicles that you want to share with us that we could pass on to our listeners. So get in touch with us. We do want to hear from you and continue the conversation with you. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back soon with some more awesome content for you about how to continue to live a frugally fabulous life. Well, thanks so much for spending your time with us. Be frugal, be fabulous, and let's talk soon. Bye. Bye. Don't bind to the FOMO. We spend money like slow-mo. But we ain't broke, no. Because every penny makes sense. Can I get an amen? Amen. Get out of debt. It's where the money's at. And where the money's (laughs) at. We do the budget dance. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Frugalicious. Our music is by the fabulous Atoria. Thanks to our mom for taking such good care of our minivan so that it lasted through our whole childhood. (laughs) Thanks, mom. You can subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date on new episodes. You can also rate and review us to let us know what you think and tell us what you want to hear on future episodes. And this also helps other people to find the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on social media at frugaliciouspod or you can email us at frugaliciouspod at gmail.com. And together, let's make the world a more frugalicious place. place. Yeah, that car that car went through a lot. I can't believe they sold it. Like when they talk about that, I'm like, who would ever want to buy that thing? I don't know. Do you so remember? Old. Do you remember when the car hit a hundred thousand miles and mom yes. parked it down the street and she made all of us go out and like hold our fingers up one zero zero. Yeah, dad had zero, the zero, one zero. and then we all had the zeros. <laughs> there were six of us. Oh, and well. Did she take a picture of the odometer? Probably. Probably. Seems like yeah. something mom would do. She just really celebrated being frugal, you know? <laughs> so great. <laughs>